All right, a little housekeeping. Like usual now, we're going to have a few live episodes this week, and I'm going to post about them beforehand so people aren't just caught off guard if you want to listen in live. So be on the lookout for that. I'll probably post it on Facebook that it's going to be going live sometime in the morning. Maybe we'll we'll work out a Twitter situation for that as well. So be on the lookout for that. As far as our guest, she was incredibly nice. I really enjoyed talking with her. We talked a lot about things I don't really know. So it was it was fun. She is from the Crystalline Collective out of McKinleyville. It was co-founded with her and two others. She was nice enough to come and join us in the studio today. Also be on the lookout in the video portion, and we talk about it in the audio, in this version as well. Her husband makes these pretty cool mazes. They're based off pictures, and they're just pretty cool. So if you want to, I would recommend checking out the video. It will probably be timestamped in there somewhere. And yeah, I'm going to let her take over from here. Please give it up for Amelia McLean. This will be good training for your guys' podcast. Yeah. It'll be like a fun little dry run. Yeah. I mean, we're I don't we're not gonna have this type of setup, especially to start, but I started on a ping pong table at my parents' house. That's how I started the podcast. So I think you guys will be a leg up from where I was. And then it kind of just grows into whatever you want it to be. Yeah. Do you guys have an idea of what you want to talk about with that or where you do? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So it's a, <clears throat> let me make sure my throat's clear before we start. Um, yeah. So it's called Speaking of Spirituality, dot, dot, dot. Um, and uh, it's stories on the path of spiritual awakening. So all sorts of things. We're going to start out talking about our studio and like how we got here, what we're doing, and the three of us who have founded this center and, um, you know, our s- different things that we offer individually. And then, um, yeah, and then just start telling our stories and, um, yeah. Well, that'll be exciting. Interviewing other people. Yeah. So. Spirituality is kind of a broad term nowadays, right? It kind of, it's like casting a wide net. Everything yeah. kind of falls into spirituality. Right. Which is kind of why I thought that would be a cool like, it's a good name because it's like, yeah. so broad, but that's mainly what we'll be focusing on and, and specifically, you know, people, uh, yeah, talking about spiritual awakening and stuff. So how did the three of you find each other to start this? Because you're from the Crystalline Collective, mm-hmm. for people that don't know. And it's the three of you that kind of co-founded it together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, well, I'll actually take it back to, um, I was doing moon circles that I started online during COVID because everyone being separated felt really scary and bad to me. And um, so I wanted Crazy. to- Crazy. You thought that was bad? <laughs> I wanted to try to find a way to bring people together during that time. So I started offering a women's online uh, moon circle and it just changed over time. But um, I had actually just met Monique um, right before the pandemic broke out. Um, And she came to a class that I was doing in person at Move Well in Arcata. 
Um, and we just made a connection right there in the class and then exchanged numbers and became friends. And she came to my online moon circle. We stayed in contact. And um, then I continued during, doing those moon circles for a while and we started to do them in person at one point when people got comfortable. And um, we were outside for a while and then... Um, we met Chazelle through a friend of the Moon Circle group, and she's a sound healer. She uses uh, singing bowls and does sound healing. So, um, she we invited her to a Moon Circle to do a sound healing for our group of women. Um, and I immediately felt like very connected to her. And um, yeah, the three of us just have some cosmic connection. Um, and so we actually opened this studio. It wasn't going to be like a business at first. It was just like we realized that a lot of the women who had been coming to the moon circles are different healers of different sorts. Um, and we have special things that we wanted to share with each other. And we wanted a place to gather um, that wasn't my house because <laughs> I was moving to a different house. Anyway, um, so we found this spot for rent and we the three of us somehow it became like our thing. Um, and then it just evolved into a studio and healing center and yeah <laughs> wow that's interesting you guys weren't planning on having it be this business it was yeah. just going to be a space where you could all teach your classes mm -hmm. and kind of like practice you know sharing our gifts with each other and stuff and then we started to get a lot of interest um people wanting to rent the space from us and um so we're like okay and, and monique teaches yoga and i do different yoga things so yeah it just kind of evolved at what stage in the process did it become did you have the idea of okay this could this could be a business for us? I think it happened pretty quickly. Um but yeah, maybe like a month or so into it or like After you guys already had the space set up and everything? Yeah. Yeah, well, it took us about a month to get it all settled the way that we wanted it, you know, decorated and, and everything and um yeah, so then we were kind of just like, okay, there's so many people that are interested in this. We need to figure out what we're doing. And we just kind of figured it out as we were going, like how to charge for space usage and what all that all looks the logistics like. and stuff. Yeah. And, were you teaching your moon circles? Was that your primary source of income? Were you guys working on the side? Um, well, I was very pregnant at the time. Um, <laughs> so very much not working. <laughs> no, I was not working. Um, yeah, and so my husband's been our main provider for a while now. Um, he still is. Um, he's given me the space. Um, I feel so blessed that he's been able to provide for us in this way and that I've had the time and energy to really, like, put my whole heart into this spiritual work. Um, yeah, because it's one of those things where it doesn't just – it's not, like, a full-time income, right? Yeah, Off you're not making that, a million so. right away. <laughs> yeah. That's Did I answer your question? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was just, I think it's it's an interesting idea in the way that those things just organically become something. You're like, hey, I think this would be fun to do. And then you turn around and you're like, oh, this might actually be a business idea we could do. Yeah. I mean, I feel like from our spiritual perspective, it's just like the universe is supporting us. Like, yes, this is what you guys are supposed to do. You know, I just have a deep inner knowing about things that... Um, like an intuition? Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. You, so it's you and Chazelle and Monique mm -hmm. of the three of you. Were they teaching classes as well or they were just kind of doing it on the side? Um. Oh, like is that their main form of income? Yeah. So like the, you mentioned sound healing. Mm -hmm. Was she doing yeah. that just as like a 
side job or yeah everyone so, was just kind of doing their own thing yeah so it's definitely um a side job i guess um you know like i was saying it's kind of it's you have to build it up over time and um so you were all kind of so, in the same place of totally just, we're still in that place yeah, yeah. <laughs> still um you know just attracting clients and figuring out how to fill our schedule with that and eventually um i guess the idea is to be able to step away from the other jobs that are not in alignment <laughs> and just do it full time yeah so what is what is a moon circle i've never heard that before <laughs> yeah well it can be lots of different things and my circles that i do have changed a lot over time um but when they started online during covid it was um an oracle circle actually so i was doing oracle readings in a group setting for people uh you're familiar i don't know what an or no okay. i don't know what that is either. so um you know like tarot cards i do i okay. just was learning about that the other day okay so it's similar to tarot um tarot's more traditional and um um, has a certain it's like a deck of playing cards kind of uh, mm -hmm. relatable to that um, but um, oracle cards can be lots of different things um, they're just um, you just use the deck to intuitively choose a card and you can have a certain question in mind or you can just be asking for a general guidance uh, in whatever you need to know at this time um, so that's what I was doing originally in those circles. And then um, over time, it became more ritual type stuff or doing. Um, so now we're actually working with the moon. Um, so now what I'm doing is um, the energy of the moon changes throughout the phases and you can work with it in different ways. Uh, I don't know how deep you want to get into no, that. No, we can go deep. Okay. Um, so, um, yeah. So I'll just explain briefly about the moon cycle and how you can work with those energies. So. We'll start with the new moon because that makes the most sense to me. So the new moon is like a blank slate. The sky is open and um, so it's a good time to set intentions and plant seeds. And then during the time of the waxing phase as it grows to full, that's like the energies is uh, bringing those things into your life, um, those seeds that you've planted. And then when the moon is full, then you can celebrate all of those things that you've brought into your life. And you can also set intentions for releasing uh, whatever's, you know, no longer serving your higher good. And then as the moon wanes back to new it's like those are that energy is carrying those things away so that's mainly how we're working with the moon in the moon circles and um during the pandemic though it was a lot of just people wanting to talk so we would have like a just open talking circle like what's going on almost like a life? therapy like, session for everyone totally it became like group therapy for sure and um sometimes they were guiding questions and i would just look at the astrology and see like what's going on in the stars like what can we talk about relating to that what are people going through yeah so, so. was the idea that you can pull some something from the moon like some energy or you're just trying to align yourself with it? What is the idea um, there? Yeah. Well, the moon um, heavily governs our emotional body. Um, if you think about the tides, um, the moon affects the tidal changes. So like during a full moon is when the king tides happen. Um, and then during the new moon is like the negative tide times um, when they're like most extreme. Um 
so hopefully I have that right. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so uh, and then because our our bodies are full of water, right? Like we have mostly water in our body actually, which is kind of amazing. Um, so we are very affected by that cycle happening. Um, so yeah, so we can use that energy to um, yeah, to draw things towards us or to release things. That's my basic understanding. <laughs> yeah, I have heard that. I've heard that especially when it comes to like a blood moon. And then it can uh -huh. drive people crazy, and that's when people commit murders or something. I don't know if that's there's any basis actually to that, but I've heard that sentiment before. Yeah, you know what? It's actually interesting because I used to work with children uh, at the after school program, and I noticed there was like they would be they get a little so more hectic. wild during the full moons. Yeah, I mean we are seventy something percent water, right? Yeah, it would make sense. So. It would check out <laughs> that if it can control the tide, it might have a little sway on us <laughs> right. in some way. Kind of crazy. So you were doing these mm -hmm. on Zoom, which was probably a little challenging connecting with people that way. You know, yes and no. I feel like um, during that time I was becoming. Um, like very sensitive to people's energies so it was kind of like I even wanted... through the internet like that not being you can in the presence be, yeah so but so uh so yeah so because I was like so sensitive it was like almost uh easier for me to be working online like that um so that I could really feel my own energy um but it was amazing how powerful it was even through the computer like people were really feeling it so it was really cool how did you get into spirituality? Especially with these, that's a loaded question, right? <laughs> yeah, well, uh, it's a great question. Um, I mean, I was really lucky to have my parents that I have um, because my dad introduced me to yoga and meditation at a very, very young age. Uh, he took me to my first hot yoga class when I was eight, actually, which oh, is wow. kind of insane. Yeah, my dad's, uh, yeah. My dad's is a very special person, <laughs> to put it simply. Um, but yeah, and so he would, you know, I remember being a young kid and I asked him, like, what time is it? And he'd be like, well, time doesn't really exist. And Get all so he, existential. <laughs> I'm like, five, like what? You know, so um, yeah, so I think my eyes were being opened at a very early age. Um, and my mom worked in Western medicine in the hospital, but then she transition to holistic medicine which is kind of more spiritual in a sense um so yeah i think i was really heavily influenced in those ways what did she do when she was working with western medicine was she a nurse she's or a, a doctor? she actually still she went back to the hospital um it's hard not to when you make more money um in that field but she's a cardiovascular technician okay mm -hmm. oh wow and what was the switch for her to go into holistic medicine yeah, so she started studying massage therapy, and then um, she got into colon hydrotherapy. I have not heard of that. Um, it's basically like a way to flush out your colon. I was going to say, I'm thinking of like an enema is the mm. territory we're going. It's similar for sure, yeah. <laughs> is it actually that, is it a colon flush in that same way? Mm, not in the same way as an enema. Um, it's like, um, well, it'll get graphic, but that's okay. Basically, you put a tube in someone's butt and then flush it out with water. Um, and it's really helpful for people who have had like, you know, poor eating habits for a long time. Um, and they can feel huge relief after just one session. So what is the difference between that and an enema? 
That is a great that question. Was a great, I, know, <laughs> I was listening to you say that. I was like, I think that might be. Isn't that just an enema? I've never but had an enema. I don't know. I haven't, yeah. Knock on wood. I don't, I don't think I ever need to experience one of those. But my understanding was that enemas aren't actually good for you. But as I'm saying that, I'm not sure if that's 100% true. Yeah. I have no idea. Yeah. We're going to need a doctor on now to talk about enemas. Um, but it's interesting in that spirituality and yoga seem to go hand in hand. Everyone mm-hmm. that is super into yoga or down that path with Bikram or whatever realm they go into yoga, it always ties into spirituality. Mm-hmm. I wonder why that is. Do you think it's just that mind-body connection pushes people that way? or I would say so, yeah. <clears throat> I think um, it's interesting to observe yoga in the Western world too because it's been so, uh, I don't know what the word is, like... Um... Co-opted? Yeah, just like uh, made to be less spiritual, actually, I believe. Um, well, that's interesting. Well, yeah, because people, um, I think the average person would think about yoga and think, oh, that's a form of exercise. Do you know what I mean? Like just the physical body. <laughs> it is definitely exercise. But when I think of physical exercise, I think of lifting weights or going right. on a run or well you're a man so maybe that's why but that could be, <laughs> yoga, that could well, yoga is also more like a female thing right mm-hmm. like in our society <laughs> yeah it definitely bends that way yeah but there's a lot more to yoga when i started actually you know learning about it and, and studying about it i took a couple yoga classes in college and they they teach you about the spiritual side and um which you don't learn in a yoga class at a gym you know um well in humble you do <laughs> but like um not at your stereotypical it, gym yeah not at like a 24-hour fitness you know like in a big city um at a yoga studio it's more spiritually aligned for sure but yeah i think just you know breathing and stretching and doing this type of thing that's um you just it's like you can almost feel the ancient um tradition of it I've never done yoga. I want to start getting into it because I think stretching is important. And I'm realizing that as I get older and weightlifting takes a toll on your body and you start tightening up. Mm -hmm. I want to start getting in. I want to do hot yoga. I think that's what I'm going to tend toward. I think, yeah, there are um, like people who lift weights and stuff tend to go that route. Yeah, that seems to be the popular Mm -hmm. one is hot yoga. Yeah, I never got super into hot yoga, so I'm not I can't speak much on that. but yeah, I mean, it feels really good to like sweat and like. I've heard it's miserable. <laughs> I think that's part of the reason why I want to do it is because everyone that does it says it sucks. They love it, but they say that it sucks. Just because I think the room gets it's hundred degrees. I mean, it gets hot in there. Yeah, I mean, you're like detoxing for sure, sweating out. All, yeah, all, that all the stuff. impurities in your body for sure. So, what did your dad do? Was he? Because he was into yoga. He yeah. Well, it's funny because uh, so you're asking like about his profession, mm-hmm. not related at all. Um, he wanted to be a, a comedian, a stand up comic um, when I was young. So he um, I don't even know how he got into yoga. Actually, I'll have to ask him sometime. But um, anyway, yeah, he was stand up comedian who does <laughs> yoga. I don't know if I've heard about that. <laughs> I know he's one of a kind guy <laughs> for sure but um yeah so he wanted to be a stand-up comedian that didn't uh pan out for him so he settled for um traffic school um he wow, created taking turns. <laughs> he created um 
comedy traffic school actually um was what he did so he owned traffic school companies and he told jokes during the classes because this was back when they were doing them in person so he wanted to figure out a way to make it fun oh how funny is that and he got he kind of got a stand-up goal (laughs) hey these people are gonna be here regardless i've got my own crowd now well that is one way to do it it's almost like a captive audience everybody's stuck in the room you have to laugh because otherwise you're gonna flunk traffic school and that's not good right wow awkward so how did he get into yoga well that's a good question i'm guessing he was probably the spiritual one and got your mom into it well they actually got divorced when i was two so i don't know um about that but um i think they were just both destined to go that route um yeah i don't know how he got into yoga i think it might have had to do with um i feel like i remember him saying something about an acting course that he was doing um and he like learned some thing that i don't know hmm. i only ask because i'm always fascinated in learning how people get into the spirituality world Mm -hmm. because it seems like it's a cliffside and you kind of have to jump into it you're either like not involved in spirituality at all or you're kind of full-blown into the world yeah yeah totally i mean i look back at my life and there were like really huge events that happened that I feel like were that for me, like at different points, you know, like there was kind of catalyst events. Yeah. Just kind of looking back like, okay, now I understand that was something that really like made me see things a different way and um, kind of helped me evolve as a person, I guess. So do you because spirituality is a loaded term in today's world, right? People hear spirituality and they think, oh, woo woo. Right. And they kind of roll their eyes. Do you get that a lot? Um, not from the people that I surround myself with. I mean, yeah, different I, crowd. I would imagine yeah. they would be taking yeah. yoga classes. Yeah, I think I, I really, um, like, I set an intention to be around people that resonate with me that are, you know, thinking the same way. So I don't really come across that very much. But it's out there, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. The average person, for sure, I think. Do you think, where's the barrier with that, with the spirituality? Because I think it's important to be in tune with your body. And I think most people would agree with that. And then you start talking about astrology or, or sound wave healing and it people kind of gloss over. Yeah. That might it's just be funny. my circle. No, no. It's funny because like you know, certain, um, family members or something that I have, um, I noticed that, you know, um, cause I like to get deep. I like to talk about, you know, importance. It's things that I feel are like deep and important. Um, it's hard for me to just have like superficial conversations. Um, and they're boring. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's what it is. And now I'm like, okay, I don't want to talk about whatever's on yeah, the news. The weather, or <laughs> politics. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but yeah, it is interesting to, to, to talk. I don't know. I just try to read people's body language or their energy and, um, yeah, I can tell though. And they're like, okay, I'm not really interested in what you're talking about. Yeah. I don't know. I think I'm just starting to, I think the yoga thing, once I start getting into that world, I'm going to have a newfound appreciation for that realm. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. like just starting on that path mm-hmm. and yoga is going to be my kind of gateway yeah cool right on yeah (laughs) and that's kind of what led me to you guys as i was actually googling 
yoga classes and then found crystalline collective and i was like oh this would be interesting to talk to you oh cool yeah right i was wondering how you found us yeah awesome. you guys so when did that start when did you actually get the space it hasn't been that long right no um last year in may was our first month paying rent and then starting yeah and then we weren't like fully ready to start doing stuff till sometime in june um yeah june june of last year yes okay 2021 yeah yeah time i know i'm like what year is it <laughs> and you guys offer what are some of the classes you guys offer because i was going through your list it sounds like there's yoga you guys have a pretty diversified class there's ballet oh uh, yeah <laughs> yeah so one of our yoga instructors um she also does dance and so she's teaching a children's ballet class um so that's really sweet um I and mean, then most of our stuff is for adults um so monique does himalayan kundalini yoga so if you really want to blow your mind really quick <laughs> what is kundalini um so kundalini is uh well it's actually a type of energy that's um going through your body um so the kundalini energy um resides uh, starting in the base of the spine and the root chakra and then as you awaken your people talk about kundalini awakening i don't know if you've heard that before I'm but not. okay so like um when you have a kundalini awakening it's like this energy that's been um, dormant kind of in your um the base of your chakra system will become activated and will move up your spine um so it would be uh, yeah there's different stories about people having this type of experience um and it can be totally life-changing for people um so kundalini is a type of yoga um that has been um I'm losing my train of thought that um so it's like the idea is to try to awaken that energy right um himalayan kundalini is a more um specific from a certain area of the world and that's the type that she does that's not the yoga that people relate to as having a psychedelic experience, is it? Hmm, I've heard of a certain kind of yoga, be. and I can't think of what it's called, but they, there have been anecdotal studies of people experiencing hallucinogenic experiences. And I don't know. That could just be somebody losing their shit. It, I mean, yoga. it could be. Because but I don't know if that was kundalini or not. Maybe not that one. It sounds like it, it could be. Um I'd give it a Google after this and see yeah. what you can find because uh, I I mean, I think from what I've heard, I don't know if I've had a good leading awakening. I think I would know if I had, but um, from what I've heard, it can be pretty powerful. And, and it's just a chakra lines. release. Are yeah. you stretching to try to release this or is this like an energy balance flow thing um so there's like different ways um so in the kundalini classes there are things called um kriyas which are like a breathing um techniques also using chanting of mantras um and then different movements of the body and so you combine two or three of these elements and do them repeatedly for uh, three to five minutes at the least um sometimes a lot longer um and then those things are what uh moves the energy in the body from my understanding <laughs> okay then no i don't think this is the, i think i'm thinking of a meditation that people do oh, okay creates a psychedelic experience yeah but you have to do it for a long time and uh, yeah, I don't think it was yoga. So this is a more movement-based chakra release. And what happens when you release it from your spine? It's just you're Oh, off. man, that's a good question. Um, I haven't – I don't you think I've experienced – Well, <clears throat> I don't think I've experienced a true kundalini awakening. Um, But 
um, when when I do these, uh, when I go to Monique's class, it's amazing. I mean, I can feel, I just feel like really empowered and feel lighter. I feel like I can breathe better. Um, it feel like I can feel the energy like moving in my body. Um, it's really powerful. What does that feel like when you say you feel the energy in your body? Um, Obviously, because well, I've never experienced, I've never done yeah. any kind of energy Are you work. familiar at all with Wim Hof? He's the ice guy, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So he does like uh, those powerful breathing techniques. So breath work is like amazing. Um, and so, you know, if you're, if you're breathing in a certain way, like not hyperventilating, but like if you're just doing a lot of intentional breathing and then when you stop, like, and you hold your breath, like you can feel, I don't know how to explain it. You can just like feel it in your body. Um, so yeah it's kind of like that yeah that Wim Hof guy is he the one that also was trying to equate our jaw structure today in the modern world have you heard anything about that no I don't know I'm I think it's tied to Wim Hof somehow but I'm not sure if he's the one that came up with it or somebody else did but it's that reason so many people mouth breathe and all of that and how bad mouth breathing actually is for your body is that we're not chewing dense food so our the structure in our jaw is changing. It's why people need braces now and you know, your teeth are all jam packed in there. It's the actual structure of your jaw is changing. Oh my which god. Is the shape that's of your mouth. Fascinating. And so and somehow that just tied back into his mouth breathing thing of, yeah, that's why is because you're not getting dense food as a child that you have to chew and that is tough and so your jaw's getting softer and it's changing form and it's just Whoa. wrecking your body. I did that. A terrible injustice talking about that just now but it's that kind of thought process of yeah this is why we're struggling wow that's fascinating i'll have to look into that yeah but breath work uh, that's another realm that i'm kind of just on the tip of of how important intentional breathing is Mm -hmm. and what a difference that can make yeah i mean i just yesterday i was reading a book about the chakra system and um the uh, prana um, is the life force energy um, that you'll hear about in the spiritual world. Um, and yeah, I was reading about different breath practices to um, like boost this energy in our body because um, people um, in the spiritual world often say that prana pranayama is breath work, but it's actually um, the energy that you're holding um so yeah i don't know it's just it's fascinating what you can do with your breath because you're literally like doing certain breath practices you can boost the amount of life force energy in your body that is interesting yeah so i think that's what wim hof is doing uh now that i'm thinking about it and that's probably why he's able to um to do those amazing things yeah it's fascinating It's, it's weird when you start delving into the human body and what it can do and these small changes like breathing through your nose instead of out of your mouth mm-hmm. or in through your mouth. Totally. It makes a difference. Yeah. There's even like different, like you can breathe um, in through your mouth and out through your mouth does a certain thing and in through your mouth and out through your nose does another thing. In through your nose, out through your mouth does another thing. It's like, it's just so, it's so cool. So for someone that wants to start diving into the world of energy where would be a good starting point for them 
Because it seems like that realm is so broad. You could do mm-hmm. kundalini yoga. You could do these breathwork things. Yeah. Is there like a starting point that most people hit? And then like astrology, they start with astrology and then they start <laughs> going down the rabbit hole. That's a great question. I mean, I feel like yoga is a really great place to start. Um, just, you know, finding a yoga class that sounds interesting to you. I always encourage people to use their intuition and which is, you know, just what feels good to you. Um, just what yoga studio stands out among the list, you know, um, or if it's a gym, like what yoga class on the list, like sounds cool, you know, and just check it out and see what it's all about. And, um, yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that most yoga teachers in the Western world, it wasn't as tied to spirituality. I mean, I wouldn't say yoga teachers. I just meant like people in general, general probably, well, probably the average person, maybe not a person who does yoga necessarily, but somebody who's, um, just thinking about what is yoga like you know or going to the 24-hour fitness yoga yeah like i'm just there to work out you know that's the kind of yoga that i've always seen Mm -hmm. it's just the yoga at the gym where it's that (laughs) 90-minute class and then you leave and that's the extent of your yoga time yeah but from what i've learned and you know the more that you study it it's like it's a lifestyle it's more than just going to the class and then going home you know it's all about trying to figure out how to continue that feeling throughout the day versus just having it while you're on your mat yeah it's that lifestyle aspect i think is fascinating mm-hmm. that you can turn it you can implement these things in different aspects of your daily life to improve totally i mean i use it now all the time like i mean just on the way here while i was getting ready to come here i was doing a vocal toning exercise that activates the throat chakra because i knew i was going to be talking to you and there's a throat chakra so there's chakra throughout the body mm-hmm. what were you doing for your exercise well Can I hear it? yeah um so i actually do a chanting group on fridays and chanting has is this a chakra on... thing as well the chanting um well i use something in the group that is a chakra activation um but it's a vocal toning exercise that i learned um because i was trying to work on my singing voice and being more comfortable with that um somebody recommended vocal toning and i found a chakra tuning vocal toning so so it uses different sounds that resonate in the chakra center so if you're in tune with your body and you can feel inside your body, you can actually feel these sounds that you're making with your mouth. You can feel them in your chakra centers. So it's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I was just doing that while I was driving and um, chanting um, helps to activate the throat and to clear any blockages there and strengthen that center. And the throat is, you know, what we use to communicate. So what kind of chant were you doing? Well, the different sounds that resonate in the chakra centers, <clears throat> starting down at the root center, which is at the base of your spine, that sound that resonates there is, uh, so it's like the deepest sound, um, at the base of the spine. And then, um, they move up, um, to the highest the, in the crown center is E. So they're, they're kind of like different vowel sounds. Um, and yeah, there's one for each chakra. Do you want me to tell you? Yeah, yeah. Okay. (laughs) So I said the root. So the next chakra center moving up is the sacral center and it's, um, just, uh, below the belly button. And that sound is, oh, 
and then going up um, to the next center is the solar plexus and it's kind of like just below the rib cage and that sound is ooh and then the next center is the heart and that sound is ah and then the throat is like a kind of a few sounds but I just try to find the part that resonates in my throat center and it's I and then the next center is the third eye here and um, that center sounds like a and then the crown like I said is e and so I just do each of these sounds three times and yeah if you're like sitting and meditating while you do it you can feel it in your body so it's pretty cool that reminds me of the vocal warm-up that you would do before you start singing okay right i don't know i don't think they go that far but it's like that standard trope of you just hit those vowels to Mm -hmm. warm up that vocal warm-up yeah we would do that i took an acting class when i was going to school down in sacramento and we would do like a vocal warm-up before we'd start class nice and sit there but i never felt i was never that into i wasn't paying attention to see if it act- activated any energy for me i was just doing it to get it done mm-hmm. hmm. and you can feel that if you're just sitting there and you're focusing on it you can feel a shift after having done that mm-hmm. yeah i'm i've done it with groups of people and it's always really interesting to i always ask everybody like how did that feel for you you know and um yeah, people, I mean, you can hear it in their voice too as you go up. Um, a lot of times um, people are feeling uncomfortable <clears throat> at first or like, this is weird, you know, like, what are we doing? And um, I mean, you can hear that if somebody's like hesitant or something. But by the time we get about halfway, you can hear it in their voice. It's like the, it sounds more resonant, more confidently coming out you know and it's not about the sound coming out you're not worried about that it's about feeling the vibration in your body so yeah oh that's interesting (laughs) energy work i don't know i've never i've talked to a few people that have gone into the energy world and i'm always i don't luckily i don't gloss over but i'm like i don't understand this so (laughs) i'm interested to hear about it yeah totally because it just seems it's so foreign to me that's not my my realm of expertise i don't know Uh, you start talking about energy on your crown and I'm like, I don't know what that I don't know what that looks like. <laughs> but it is it's a different lifestyle, you know? Mm-hmm. I think that's cool. If it if people find value in anything, I think that's important. Whatever you find value in, as long as it makes you happy and you feel like you're getting an impact from it. For sure. Yeah. That's definitely my main message is like live from the heart yeah. and do what brings you love and joy. That's like the way to create peace on earth if everybody did that. That's morality, right? <laughs> have you have you experienced any psychedelics? Have you done any work with that? <laughs> um, a little bit, not in a spiritual way. Oh, okay, that's interesting. <laughs> that was with what have you used? If you don't mind me asking. Well, when I when I was a young um, younger person, uh, and I yeah, I mean acid (laughs) i've tried a few times and um uh some shrooms a little bit um but yeah not in never in an intentional spiritual spiritual way no i mean definitely it opened my eyes for sure and i think it i think it definitely contributed to like my spiritual ways um but not in 
not in the way of like intentionally being like, okay, I'm going to have a spiritual experience with this, Mm -hmm. which is a lot more powerful. (laughs) Yeah. That I always find that in tandem as well. When people are very into spirituality, usually it's tied to, oh, I had this experience on mushrooms and it showed me this or I did ayahuasca and I've started looking at this differently. Mm -hmm. I think those two go really hand in hand. Yeah. But I've never heard it. I've never heard that related to acid. Acid always seems like, oh, it was just fun. I was just tripping. The wall started melting. I don't know what was happening. I've never heard acid. I suppose it could be because it's in that psychedelic realm, but I've never heard acid attributed to, yeah, I had this really profound breakthrough and now I'm, I feel like I'm a better person because I did all this acid. Yeah. Monique was actually just telling me about a series on Netflix that she's watching that's about like the history of psychedelics and... Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Um, the the oh man, now I wish I could recall. If I had watched it myself, I probably would remember more of the details. But she was just telling me that um, the acid actually was used to help people heal things. I think it was something about PTSD or war veterans or something like that. Anyway, they're doing that with MDMA. I know yeah. they've found a lot of success in trials that they've been doing with veterans and ptsd with ecstasy and Mm -hmm. finding breakthroughs with that i think they're trying to do that with mushrooms as well which would be pretty powerful if that works i believe they were doing it with there was one i don't know if it was mdma or mushrooms but it was rebuilding neural pathways Mm -hmm. don't quote me on that that sounds like probably mushrooms might have been mushrooms i don't know i always feel like the natural like plant based stuff makes more sense for using it in that way you know yeah as opposed to a bunch of chemicals and just pumping your body with it right like it's i i mean i feel like it'd be less likely that you would uh get addicted to that feeling or whatever you know because it's a natural thing i don't know (laughs) i don't know addiction's weird because you can become addicted to anything yeah, and it just trips some people up and it doesn't trip up others. That's true. Yeah. You could become addicted to yoga. I don't yeah. know if anybody has done that, but that's possible. That's an interesting point that you bring up. Yeah. I think you definitely could be addicted to yoga. <laughs> that's something that I felt like, um, you know, during my meditation practice when I became, um, when I was pregnant, actually, I was like, for some reason, I didn't want to meditate at one point and I was like okay I'm not gonna force myself to meditate just because I've been doing this every day for a while you know I was like actually I want to learn how to be okay without that and not become like dependent on it to be like I have to be okay to if I meditate you know so it's interesting that you say that that's interesting <laughs> yeah you were you meditating heavily before you stopped at that point was it a daily thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. every day, yeah. And, and you just felt like you didn't want to be stuck doing that. Well, it was just like something inside me was like, I didn't feel like I wanted to do it. And I was like, okay, I'm not going to like, you know, force, force myself yourself. to keep doing it just because I've been doing it every day. And I, I thought, okay, well, I'm just going to listen to whatever. That was when, you know, I was um, focusing on really listening to that inner voice, that inner guidance. Um, so I was like, okay, I'm not sure why I'm being guided not to meditate right now, but, um, yeah. Do you feel like that voice has guided you through a lot of your life? A lot more. Yes, actually. Um, yeah, I have a story I'll share if you're interested. Yeah. Cause well, like I was saying earlier, it's funny, like looking back, 
um, on certain things that have happened in my life. um, And now like understanding like, oh, okay, that's what that was. Um, So I um, have healed my relationship with alcohol, um, but used to drink a lot uh, unconsciously and just a lot more than I, yeah, not in a good way. (laughs) Um, And um, so one night when I was actually 20, I was at a party and drinking a little bit, not excessively at that time, although at other times I had drank way too much. Anyway, so I was leaving this party and it was like really late, like, I don't know, sometime in the wee hours of the morning. And I was driving down a windy side road and um, forgot where the stop sign was on the road. (laughs) When I came to it, I thought, ah, there's probably nobody coming through the stop sign. I'll just roll through. It's like, you know, 2 a.m., whatever. Um, And guess who's also coming through the stop sign? A police officer. (laughs) So I just, I actually, um, he like had to slam on his brakes in order to not be in a T-bone situation with me. And I went in front of him and I just like immediately pulled over. I was like, he's obviously going to like come pull me over. So I just pull over and he like runs over to my car, like opens my door and is like, turn off the engine. And I'm like crying like, oh God, like what? But I heard this voice in my head, like tell the truth. And I was like, okay. So he goes, have you been drinking? And I'm like, yes. And he's like, are you 21? And I'm like, no. And he's like, so you know you're not supposed to have any alcohol in your blood at all? And I'm like, yes. And he's like, can somebody come and pick you up and be here in 20 minutes? And I was like, yes. And so, yeah, he let me go and he told me, I hope you never do this ever again. And you're really lucky that I just got off work and that you didn't kill me because my wife would have been really mad. Um, yeah, so that was really crazy and definitely like shook me up and changed something in me. Um, and actually, I hold honesty at a very high standard now because I used to lie through my teeth about all sorts of shit. And uh now I only ever tell the truth, um, because of that, I think. Um, and yeah, looking back, I'm like, that was like, I mean, I was being guided by something to help me in that situation. I was like, not supposed to get a DUI because he told me like, if you had said anything other than what you said, I would have been, you know, giving you a breathalyzer test or whatever, taking you to the station. And yeah, so that was pretty, pretty crazy. Wow. Yeah. Nice cop for letting you go. <laughs> I know. Uh, he Well, he also said, I can tell that you're a good person and that you're not trying to, you know, I, I lived in an area at that time where there was a lot of other crazy people around and he could tell that I was not one of them. So, um, yeah. <laughs> wow. And that was a catalyst for you to not lie anymore. Yeah. I mean, it took a while after that. Yeah. Um, you always squeeze like in a few extra. <laughs> Well, maybe I'll lie this one last time. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But it's definitely, I think that was a huge um, reason that now I I really do my best to always tell the truth in every situation to everybody. It's weird, those little guiding moments that you Mm -hmm. have in life. 
you have this idea of, oh, I should do this. Mm-hmm. And then it either pans out or it doesn't. But in that case, it panned <laughs> out, right? That little voice in the back of your head. It felt almost lie. like it wasn't me. Like it was some somebody else or something else saying, hey, yeah. do this and you're going to be okay. Yeah. Like I kind of wonder if it was um, like part of my spirit team or something. Like I... I don't know. I feel like I'm cheerleader been... somewhere looking out for you. Hey, yeah, I, I got your back. So I mean, seriously, yeah. That's interesting. Mm. I I think moments like that really really alter your path, right? Definitely. Can put you on. Because I mean, imagine if you would have, if that even if that wasn't a cop and that was somebody else and they t-boned you, right? That would have been a whole new course direction. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, I was going to be an elementary school teacher, uh, which is actually not what I ended up doing anyway. And would but have been that a bad would not look. have happened. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't. The honesty thing, I'm a little biased because I do this. And mm-hmm. if I was up here lying through my teeth all the time, I don't think anybody <laughs> would want to listen. I wouldn't want to listen. And I think that just in general, honesty is the way to go Mm -hmm. i think honesty it's kind of underrated especially now i feel like lying is kind of in vogue today (laughs) yeah i feel like that too um i don't know why i don't know if it's just because it's more gratifying in the moment to lie especially if you get in trouble right that's that's everybody's go-to if you get in trouble and you can lie your way out of it you probably should Mm-hmm. That's why I lied a lot when I was younger, because I was doing a lot of shit that I was not supposed to be doing as a teenager. Um, I was a <laughs> juvenile delinquent, yeah. is what my mom would say. But yeah. <laughs> juvenile delinquent, yeah. I think we can all relate to that <laughs> on some level. I've come a long way. <laughs> but that's part of life, right? Oh, going being... through those experiences? I yeah, think for sure. I mean, being a bad kid... <laughs> If you would phrase it like that, I don't know if there are bad kids. They're just sh- shitty young adults. <laughs> but anybody can be morphed to some extent. Right. I don't know. Some kids are bad. Actually, as I'm saying that, some kids are bad. Some kids are not good kids. But I don't know if that's their fault. And right. I think you could have an experience that could change that. Yeah, totally. I mean, I studied child development, and now I just look at everybody and what they do as like, oh, there's some sad part of your inner child like you know everybody was hurt in some way as a child and it shapes how we act now so it just is so helpful to look at people that way um i've started looking at everybody as a kid Mm -hmm. and that's been a big learning moment for me is when you you step outside of yourself and you say oh this person's just a, a taller child that is acting this way because Whatever, pick a thing. Exactly. They were hurt or this happened to them or they experienced this and now they're acting like an asshole or they're doing whatever. It's like you're just a child. Yeah. You're just a child with a little bit of experience. And I look at adults that way and it's funny because I'll go out with my parents sometimes and they'll be drinking with their friends. And I'll just be sitting there and I'm like, you guys are just kids. You guys are just kids <laughs> trying to figure it out, stumbling your way through life, but you're still just kids. Like even at whatever, 50, 60, you're still just a kid. Right. Just trying to figure out life. Yeah. And you know, I don't think you'll ever get there. I think you can in certain things. But no, no, maybe not. I don't think you'll ever get there in anything. I think there's always room to grow. Oh, for sure. I believe that too. Yeah. You can't possibly know everything. (laughs) It wouldn't be fun if you did. Right. I think that would be a boring way to live life. 
Yeah, they would be like, what What else do you even do? <laughs> yeah, and I don't think you'd be fun to be around if you knew everything. <laughs> no. It'd be kind of boring. Yeah. Like, oh, don't hang out with that guy. He knows everything. It's not. <laughs> no, it all. Nobody likes Yeah, it's not going to be a good time. <laughs> so juvenile delinquent, was that your worst experience? Was that kind of like your last catalyst before you started going on the up and up? Mm, no. <laughs> that if you weren't? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's an interesting turn from you wanted to go and be a teacher to where you are now. Yeah, totally. Um, well, when I started doing yoga, um, it really, my life really started to change when I started doing yoga and meditating at home by myself. Um, cause it was like, I went to the gym, uh, for a while doing a weekly class and that changed my life in a way, you were know, you te- were you teaching? The class? No, you just no I was just the doing the class, okay. but that, doing that weekly, like going every week, committing to going to this class twice a week, every week for a while, that like pushed me to the point where I was like, okay, now I need to move on to the next step and do this at home by myself. And that was really, because being alone, I was able to really tune into myself, that inner voice, right, that we were talking about. And, um, and then I started listening to that voice because there's like, you know, you can hear the voice and then you have to actually start doing what it says. That's the second stage, right? <laughs> the first one is hearing it and ignoring it. And the second one, you start actually taking its advice and things start changing. You're like, okay, maybe I should do this more. Totally. And then that's when my life really started to change and it happened very quickly. And, um, and then, yeah, well, I just realized that the public education system was not, it just doesn't feel good in my heart. There's a lot of good things there um but there's a lot that needs to change so kind of a broken system yeah i mean i just think it's outdated um we need something different now so what do you think that would look like do you have an interpretation um yeah i i have always envisioned having my own school actually like an alternative to public education um and it looks like supporting every individual child in whatever way that they need because there's this like you know um cookie cutter mold thing of the public school system where uh, okay everybody's this age you're all gonna learn about this stuff at the same time and it's just like it doesn't really make sense because every child is so different and there are huge similarities um like for the most part but there's also so much more that's just it's just not being looked at um, in the average public school from what I've seen. Um, So the school that I envision is like really paying more attention to every child um, as an individual person. Um, Like, what are you interested in? What lights up your soul as 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 a person and um and really letting them explore that and because learning can be done in so many different ways like if a kid is into baking like you can learn so much about um you can learn how to read and write and do math you know um through baking um so yeah that's what i envision yeah it's not individualized in any sense not unless you have like a IEP, which is an individual education plan, which only kids who um, have some type of special need usually get those. Um, so I just think I, I feel like every kid needs an IEP. Um, yeah, it seems the best argument I've heard is that the school system was designed to make employees 
And so it's just, yeah. you're on a conveyor belt, and it's going to mold you into this cookie like everybody else, and then you're going to go on, and you're going to get your job, mm-hmm. and you're going to work, and then you're going to die, and the cycle just keeps repeating itself. Yeah, which is like, where's the room for entrepreneurs? Like, what about Oh, yeah, if you're an entrepreneur, that... <laughs> there's, there's school is not, it's not the realm for you yeah you're not gonna find any value i mean all or like um trade school like a lot of people have really successful time doing a trade and um that's not something you learn about in school it's yeah that's not an option it's college you're going through school to go to college to get a job yeah learn how to follow orders (laughs) um it was a lot of like i don't know it just felt weird working in the public school system telling kids how to be all the time it felt very restrictive and um really b- bizarre <laughs> and i'm not afraid to shit on the public school system because <laughs> there's a lot that you could but i do i do have to say that the teachers in there can be great there are some great teachers yes, out there there are a lot of wonderful things about the public school system um and yeah i i just have a huge bias um um but yeah there are really wonderful things about it too so I know it's a little early, but are you thinking about putting your child into public school? You're going to homeschool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or I'll just start my own school like I've always dreamed of. Is that? Are you thinking about doing that by the time your child starts going to school? Mm, well, he just turned one. So okay, so he's got a little bit of time. Um, to figure it out. I mean, who you knows? Start planning. So many... I mean, I think the construction should probably start breaking ground. Yeah, totally. Um, it's, you know, definitely we we have time to um, talk about that. And I mean, so much can happen in, what, four years? Um, yeah, the past four years have shown us that. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see what happens. Um, right now I'm focused on my spiritual uh, work, um, but... In a sense, I feel like that's also type of my spiritual work is working with children. Um, I studied child development and I've actually, yeah, just realized that I'm actually using that in the spiritual work that I'm doing, which is pretty fascinating. Is your husband spiritual? In his own way. Okay. Yeah. What does that mean? Well, he doesn't do yoga or meditate. Um, I'm not actually doing yoga right now either it, in the sense of um like actually stretching i need to start doing that again because my body is feeling it um it's hard to find time with a baby but um anyway um he he does landscaping so he has his own business um but he has a spiritual mindset about it um he really cares a lot about elderly people so uh, most of the people that he works with are older and he just really enjoys building relationships with them and helping them make their lives easier and um so it's like you know he's doing landscaping but he's not your average landscaper in in my mind i mean i'm obviously like he's my husband so yeah I'm like, a little oh. biased <laughs> right but i just see him just as a really sweet beautiful person because of the way that he is a landscaper if that makes sense like he just he just, just really cares about the people mm-hmm. you know whereas most landscapers are probably like i'm just here to mow the lawn you know um or whatever it is yeah well and it's easy to kind of just put your head down with a job like that right because it's physical labor and so you right. could just you know tuck your chin down and just do the work yeah day in and day out so if he's building connections that's kind of a cool little add on to that totally yeah and they really love him like they just you know he he just builds really beautiful friendships with the people that he works for so does he do so he doesn't do any yoga does he do any energy work or anything like that or what does he say when you start talking to him about that i mean he definitely 
understands what I'm talking about. We're on the same like page. Like I can talk to him about what I'm doing and he, he gets, he gets it. it. Yeah. He's skeptical for sure. Um, especially because of his upbringing. Um, you know, which I respect. I'm like, cool, like question it. Like, that's good. It also helps me get more comfortable in explaining what I'm doing. And like, you know, if people, I don't know, it's just like, there's something about, um, being questioned about what you're doing that makes you like re-examine it in another way. Like, okay, can I actually answer this question confidently and like explain myself? So, so I'm glad that he has that, um, other side of him, but for the most part, we're on the same page and he, he gets what I'm talking about. (laughs) It's good having somebody that questions things. Mm-hmm. I believe in that. Because it forces you to either reevaluate your ideas and say, okay, maybe I need to rethink this. Or it causes you to sharpen those ideas. Because mm-hmm. then you now you have to figure out, okay, how do I answer this question? How do I actually feel about this question? Because you're, <laughs> you're teaching somebody about it. Totally. Sometimes we get into... <laughs> heated debates? Yeah, we'll call yeah. them that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially where... That's where I was kind of going with that because when you said landscaping, I was like, okay, how does he... Where does he line up with that? Because I would not think of a landscaper typically as someone doing yoga and <laughs> maintaining their chakra levels and working on their energy. Right. Well... For better or worse. Not saying that that's a positive thing or a negative thing, but stereotypically you don't think, oh yeah, he's probably really in touch with his chakra system. <laughs> yeah, for sure. He's... Yeah. Like I said, he's not your average landscaper. Um, he does other things too that, I mean, I guess it's not a spiritual thing, but there's something about it that um is really interesting to me. He draws mazes. Um, for fun? Yeah. Um, he, he was actually working with children at one point also at an after school program. That's actually how we met. Um, but, um, and when he was working with the kids, he was like, he wanted to have something to make for them that would uh, occupy their attention. And so he started drawing mazes for them. And, um, I wish I had something to show you because it's so incredible. Um, but they actually look like a picture. Um, most of them are nature scenes, different animals or things like that. Um, but they're so detailed and they're just incredible. So, um, something about that feels spiritual to me because it's like, I mean, he just takes the time to, I I don't know. It's just amazing that he even does that. Well, I think, when I hear spirituality, and if you would ask me two years ago what spirituality was, I probably would have just rolled my eyes and been like, yeah, go go work, go get a job. But when I hear it now, I think of it in the same way that I think of church, that you can find it anywhere. I think you could find spirituality in nature. I think some people do when they're just sitting outside. You can find it in whatever your work is. It's like a value thing to some extent. Yeah. Like what is... Again, spirituality, it's like that loaded term of Mm woo-woo, but it's almost just kind of being at peace. That's When I hear spirituality, that's what I think. It's just kind of being at peace, being at ease. And I think that's something that can be achieved. For me, anytime I'm out on the water, I feel kind of spiritual, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. Like, I just feel comfortable, like I'm in my element. Yeah. That's interesting that he draws, though. Does he draw pictures as well, or it's just in the maze format? Um, he doesn't draw pictures like, um, I mean, he can, um, but no, yeah, he, well, he starts with a picture. So he draws a picture and then, um, he morphs it into a maze. 
So that's interesting. I've never heard of that. <laughs> it's so amazing. I'll have to send you something so you yeah, can check it out. Yeah, I'll it's throw it in the cool. video. We can plug <laughs> cool. it at the bottom. That's yeah. cool. Does he do anything with that? I'm thinking he could almost turn that into like a little maze book. Well, yeah, actually, that's what he wants to do. We're trying to figure out how to do that. We don't know anything about book publishing or especially when it's not an actual like book book. It's like <laughs> a maze book. <laughs> Who wants to publish that? I don't know. But anyway, um, so. That's interesting. I've never heard of something like that. Yeah, especially because his is a picture, right? So he thought, you know, it's a, it's a, has two different things that it could be a coloring book, right? Like you color the picture first and then do the maze, um, and we actually have a laser printer also. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So we're um, printing the mazes on whiteboard material so that you can do them multiple times. Oh, wow. And it's so cool. Um, they've been very popular. We've done some like art markets and um, people are like, this is really cool, you guys. It's really unique. So, yeah. Is he thinking about trying to branch out with that and do turn it into a little side hustle thing? Totally. I mean, his main goal is to be at home with us because um, I get to be with our baby all the time and he wishes he could do that too. Um, so yeah, we're, we're, we're not sure exactly how to go about that, but that's definitely something that we're looking for is um, to get them out there in the world. People are saying like, put these in the toy stores locally and yeah, so... That's cool. Yeah, I guess you could you could really market it anyway, huh? To kids, to adults. Yeah, Anybody totally. They're pretty complex mazes, actually. Um, so he, yeah, they're for adults for sure. But a a child's, I think the youngest kid we've had do one is like five or six. Um, and it takes him a while. Um, so. that would be me. I'd be sitting there like, I don't know, like, I'll just start coloring it. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, art art markets, those little mm -hmm. art fairs, because there's a ton of them around here. That's mm -hmm. probably a great, great market for those. It's a good starting place for sure to get ideas and to hear feedback and to hear what people are, you know, what people like that we make because um, we make other things too. Um, but yeah, so we're we're trying to figure out how to. I mean, I guess we just need to take them to some stores and be like, hey, do you guys want to have some of these? I think store? they're, I don't know if it's still there, but there was that little toy store in Henderson Center. Is that still, it was like a little kid's oh. toy store, but that might be, Familiar. they might be too young. That might be like a really yeah. little kid's store. I'm not sure. I haven't been there in a long time. Yeah. But yeah, or you could post it on social media. Social media is a great tool for things like that, totally. especially where it's unique. Mm -hmm. If you just took a couple pictures and put them out there, that might blow up. Yeah, yeah, I know. I need to be more active on yeah, social media. Yeah, that's my problem. I'm not, I'm not a social media guy. I would I be fine without it. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I don't, I haven't been doing it very much recently. So it feels like uh, funny to just like pop in and be like, hey, <laughs> randomly, like, you want to check out this thing? You know what I mean? Do like, you guys have a strong social media presence for the collective? Or that's um, it's a work, growing. Work in progress. Yeah. Yeah, it's growing for sure. Yeah. I just, it's the keeping up with it. That's the hardest part, right? Mm -hmm. You have to post consistently. You're like, I don't really want to post today. Yeah. Well, that's what, you know, has been my struggle with social media, I guess, because I see it as a really valuable tool to connect with people. Um, but there's something that becomes, it feels very inauthentic to be like, I have to post every day in order to like grow my following. Like I'm like, I don't want to feel like I have to, like it's a chore because it feels like I'm just trying to figure out what I want to say. You know, I'd rather just like 
like, oh, I feel like sharing this right now, so I'm going to share it and, you know, make it less of a to-do list item. <laughs> and more personal. Right. Like you're actually caring about what you're putting out there. Yeah, totally. Yeah, you can get into that weird impersonal dynamic where you just post you're just pushing content out there just to push out content you're like oh this is real this feels weird this feels a little slimy yeah so i mean i've just gone back to just connecting in person and i mean i share things on facebook events for the studio as mostly what i'm sharing now and and i do i just have to like connect to my heart when i'm gonna post and like make sure that i'm speaking from my heart to make it feel authentic so it's not just like hey i'm just posting this because i have to say something yeah. you know <laughs> okay that's all thanks guys <laughs> well the podcast will be a great way for you guys to do that as well because that's it's hard not to be personal when you're talking to somebody for an extended period of time yeah i'm really excited about that because i like talking yeah i though. mean that's all part of the fun right <laughs> is it going to be all three of you cycling or are you going to do it all three at once do you have um, an idea that far yet or um, I think that probably I think it's gonna be me mostly doing a lot of the um talking interviewing type of stuff. I think Monique will be with me um for most of it too. There might be times when I do something with somebody um without her, but it feels like me and Monique mainly. Um, Chazelle's gonna start out with us, and I'm gonna interview her about. She's had some interesting spiritual awakening stories that she wants to share. So, um, but it's gonna be mostly me and Monique. Yeah, probably with me probably as like Guiding. the leader. Yeah, or whatever. The ship. That's how I like to refer to it. I'm just here to steer the ship. I'm not hosting anything. We're just talking. I'm just trying to keep us in the water <laughs> yeah well that's awesome i'm excited to see i'm excited to see you guys do that i think that'll be really cool thanks yeah we don't know what we're doing but yeah that's hey that's gonna... <laughs> story of my life i still don't know what i'm doing yeah we're gonna figure it out yeah that's i think that's how good ideas start is you just hit the ground running and hope that you don't fall on your face and if you do you just have to get back up and you keep going yeah hopefully you learn something along the way yeah um do you want to plug i I unfortunately have to get out of here do you want to plug where people can find the collective where they can find you the future podcast yeah so crystallinecollective.net is our website and you can find all the information about our classes and events there and yeah was there anything else that i don't I think so there? do you have anything else you want to add when when are we expecting the podcast we're gonna start recording within the next couple of weeks okay and so be on the lookout for that we have to figure out how to <laughs> get it out there i think we're gonna go on oh we have a youtube actually that we've just started being more active on and um posting things pretty regularly there so it's crystalline collective um on youtube oh and then our instagram is um crystalline dot collective i believe um and yeah so i think we're gonna put the podcast on youtube in video form um and then somewhere else on a podcast thing if you do i know anchor is a free one i've heard good things about that and you can push it out to spotify and if you do anchor i believe you can do video on spotify don't quote me on that but video on Spotify. yeah i have um podbean is the one that i go through okay and you can push it out but you have to pay for it and it's kind of it's like why pay for it if you could just get it free so i've been looking at anchor that's the one i've heard really good things about okay right and i think you have to if you want video on spotify i think you have to go through anchor because anchor is a spotify 
company they bought it. Oh. So they're kind of like, hey, if you want to have a video on Spotify, mm-hmm. you're going to have to use our stuff. Yeah, But that's I've heard cool. good things. I think that's a good one. It's just worth checking out. Right on. But thank you. That, yeah, thank you, Amelia. This was awesome. I'm excited for the podcast. I'm excited to see what you guys do with that. Thank you. Be really cool. Thank you so much for having me. It was really, really fun. Yeah, my and pleasure. A cool way to dip my toes yeah. in the water of podcast world. Yeah, so. now you're gonna be a professional. <laughs> okay, well, Amelia, you're awesome. Thank you. The Crystalline Collective, everybody. <laughs>